I would just kind of jokingly pitch different things to my dad each week. And he's an investor and he's an entrepreneur. And he would be like, no. (laughs) And I remember going to his house one week and I pitched him this idea for the platform. And he was like, huh, actually, I think that's really interesting. I was like, oh, wow. He thinks my idea is interesting finally. And he had told a few of his friends, he told his best friend from college who had just retired about this idea. And that is my co-founder. Over the last few years, Madison has thoroughly explored the world of podcasting. From being an avid podcast listener, she became the first employee of a podcast network, into the role as a podcast producer, and then jumped into the driver's seat as the co-founder of a podcast and guest network platform called Wildcast. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. It was partway through her MBA program that Madison realized she didn't love what she was doing. Behind the misery at work and her keen interest in podcasts, she recognized that many skills she was learning could actually transfer over into supporting a podcast, the host, and then she began cold emailing managers and hosts of podcasts she'd become a regular listener to. It wasn't long before Madison ended up hearing back from Cleo, Caitlin Bristow's manager, and this was only the beginning. Today, Madison shares the pivots that have led her into the Wildcast journey, the ideas behind the branding, how this idea was in fact inspired by her time at work, what it's like partnering with her dad's best friend, and how pitching yourself to potential investors actually feels. We jump into the conversation today after I've asked Madison to back up to the change up. So a few years ago, I was coming up on my fourth year of leading all marketing efforts at my family's restaurant group. So it was super weird. I mean, I was working for my dad, which isn't something I ever saw myself doing, but I had actually come into that because I was a little bit miserable in my former job and that was in New York. And then he asked me if I potentially wanted to help him open up this restaurant group in California. And I was so ready to leave the city. So I decided to do that. And it was obviously, I I do have a lot of really great memories from that time too. But I think when I decided to go back to school during this time, I, I started an MBA program, which my dad actually recommended because he wanted me to ultimately take over this business. And he thought an MBA would help me do that. And little did he know he was recommending me to go to this program and that program made me realize that I didn't love what I was doing. And I just remember going to work and sitting in the car and not wanting to get out of the car and not wanting to go to my desk and just not wanting to talk to my coworkers. Like I just was not in a good place mentally. And so one way to escape that was I would just listen to podcasts all day, at least when I could, you know, sometimes I'd have to listen to music or have some silence if I had to really do some deep thinking. But if there was any opportunity to turn on a podcast, I would do that. And then I, it kind of just hit me during grad school. Like, what if I actually tried to pursue that as a career? People always talk about having something that they're passionate about that they try to pursue as a career. And there hadn't been anything in my life before podcasts that I actually was like, wow, this is, this is a passion of mine. I want to pursue this. I just never had any crazy hobbies or passions that I was thinking about pursuing. So I decided to just go for it and see, see what happens. 
case you're miserable at work and you are listening to podcasts. So what is the transition from there to actually leaving your job? And had you had you been podcasting at that point? Had you just been listening to them? Had you had a hand at producing anything in advance? Like, what did that look like? I had zero experience, absolutely nothing. I'd been listening to the podcast for a few years, but I had just started really getting into them. And there were a few that I listened to a lot that really helped me. And each of the ones that I felt really passionate about had a a mental health aspect to them. And there were probably like three to five that I was like, wow, I could see myself contributing to that podcast in a greater way. And so I just decided to find the email for those three to five podcasts and sent them an email. And I introduced myself and I said, I'm in grad school. This is what I'm doing. I have a job. I don't love it. I want to be involved in podcasting. Is there anything I can do for you? Can I freelance? Can I do, I I think I was, you know, mentioned that I was willing to do things for free. Like I just wanted to get a little bit of experience and I got an email back And it was from Cleo, who is Caitlin Bristow's manager. And she emailed and asked if I would want to hop on a call. And that was pretty much the start of it all. And at the time, there was no podcast network associated with Cleo. There was no podcast nation. It was just Bouge Media, which is her company. And they worked a little bit on Caitlin's podcast, but Caitlin's podcast was and is still with Podcast One. Yeah. So she emailed me back and we hopped on an initial call. And there really wasn't too much to do in the podcasting side of things because Caitlin was with Podcast One and still is with Podcast One. But Cleo needed some help in terms of working on Caitlin's brands, which are Do Edit and Spade and Sparrows and helping out with the podcast here and there. And so I was like, that sounds that sounds great. Like, let's do it. And so I started freelancing just not, not too much. I think it was like something like 15 hours a week and I was still doing my job and I was still in school and I loved it. And ultimately I decided to quit my job and start applying for other jobs. I didn't think that there was a full-time position in podcasting or with Cleo's company. It just didn't seem realistic because they're all in Vancouver and I was in San Diego. So I was like, okay, this is fun. This is cool. This inspired me to go apply for jobs. So I started applying for jobs. I had a bunch of interviews. I wasn't really excited about anything, but I did get an offer And I thought, okay, I'll try this. It has nothing to do with podcasting, but maybe this will be fun. I don't know. I just need something new. And when I told Cleo about that job offer and that I had to put in my notice for freelancing, she offered me a job. Mm -hmm. So that was very unexpected because I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not planning to like change countries here. Like I'm just, I need to stay where I am. And I, I don't know like what this would look like, but she said that she was starting a podcast network and they wanted me to be the first employee. I can't stop smiling because knowing where you're at now, hearing the backstory is so awesome because I didn't know the nitty gritties of this. This is incredible. It's pretty crazy. Well, yeah, yeah, it has. (laughs) I feel like it's been been a whirlwind for you, but like in the best way, because knowing that you're at Podcast Nation now and what you're working with now, tell us a bit about where you're at with Podcast Nation and about how Podcast Nation has even been growing in the podcasting industry. Yeah. So I started working at Podcast Nation exactly when they started, which I think was like almost two and a half years ago. And at first we just had one show, which was Your Favorite Thing with Wells and Brandy. And 
it just started to kind of snowball from there. We would take on one client at a time and it was just kind of me and Nadine and Cleo was involved at a higher level. And I loved everything about it. Like I was working on the production side of things and taking on whatever needed to be taken on. And eventually we did need to hire more and we did start to expand. And now I lead all the production efforts, but I'm still, you know, I work kind of part-time there right now. And I am leading efforts for Wildcast as well, but they're kind of tied together. Cleo and Nadine are strategic advisors with Wildcast. So it's kind of like one big weird family at this point. They've been so supportive. So it's it's been a really crazy journey. But yeah, right now I'm still overseeing all the production at Podcast Nation from a high level. Mm-hmm. I love that it is that mix mash of a family that's created because why it's working and why it's going to continue working is because it's so value aligned. Like you're all on the same page with the same visions, which is incredible. It's it's very true. Yeah, I couldn't have done. I mean, I wouldn't be at Podcast Nation without them, obviously, but I don't think I could have had the courage to even think about starting my own company if it hadn't been for them and their support all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was an unreal segue. Let's talk about Wildcast. (laughs) Tell us all about it. Yeah, so I Wildcast also kind of was born from me being in school during this whole transition period. I was taking this class and I actually hated this class. So it's funny that this was the class that inspired the idea, but we were talking about the supply chain at our companies and all the different steps and everything that happened on a day-to-day basis and where we could provide value. And if we could go back to our bosses and say, oh, like this could be done a different way and this would make things better. Like what would that look like? And it was just this whole brainstorming assignment. And I was thinking about the parts of my job that were so manual, which were just digging through the, now there's like 2 million podcasts, just digging through, trying to find good podcasts for our hosts to go on to promote their shows. And then looking through social media all day, trying to find good guests for our shows and just doing this all through a spreadsheet and having different tabs on the spreadsheet. Okay. I reached out to this person and I DM'd them on Instagram and this person I found on LinkedIn, I'll try to add them. And it was just so annoying and frustrating for me as a producer to be doing this for all of our different shows, which we have like 10 to 15 shows at any given time. So in that school assignment, I was like, well, it'd be really cool if there was a platform kind of like LinkedIn, but for podcasters and guests and maybe even editors and studios and sponsors and just like one place where everyone could go. Because I realized that the shows I was working on, they had a producer, but like 99% of shows don't have producers. So if I was having this problem, then the independent podcasters were definitely having this problem. So I brought that up in class as an idea. And then I kind of couldn't get rid of it. Like it was just in the back of my head all the time because I was like, no, that would, that would be really helpful for me. Like I, I want that to actually exist. I remember at the time we were going to my parents' house every Sunday for dinner with my family. And I would always have stupid, silly business ideas just throughout my life. And I would kind of pitch them to my dad, like Shark Tank, or I think it's Dragon's Den in Canada. (laughs) And they were so bad, but it was, that was kind of part of the joke. I'd be like, okay, I came up with this cup and I would just kind of jokingly pitch different things to my dad each week. And he's an investor and he's an entrepreneur and he would be like, no. (laughs) And I remember going to his house one week and I pitched him this idea for the platform. And he was like, huh, actually, 
I think that's really interesting. I was like, oh, wow. He thinks my idea is interesting finally. And he had told a few of his friends, he told his best friend from college who had just retired about this idea. And that is my co-founder. I didn't know that. That is so cool. Yeah, it's it's all it really is like all one family, whether it's blood or not. Like there's it's it's crazy how things worked out. Hey friends, the safe haven will be right back after this quick break. So let's talk about the journey of this is an idea. How do you get this up mm-hmm. and running now? And what's the timeline there? It took about a year from the time that we decided to do it to the time that it launched. So I don't think I would have been able to, I mean, I'm sure people do it all the time. People start businesses all the time and figure it out as they go. It's kind of the same with a podcast. You figure it out as you go. But I was really lucky because I had Scott, who's my co-founder, you know, he's a 60 year old man who's been in business for his whole life. So he knew how to do a lot of things that I didn't know how to do, but he didn't know anything about podcasting. So I had this whole side where I needed to come up with what the platform was, and he was going to help with the fundraising and the hiring and that side of things. So it was really a great match there. And at the time I was still in business school. So I had been taking different classes about product development and how to actually execute your ideas. And I remember I had just taken a class where we learned how to wireframe and how to sketch out your ideas and how to draw everything. And I just took out a notebook and I drew horrible, horrible sketches of what I thought it should look like. And we gave it to the developers and that's kind of like how it started to flow. And then it was just a lot of back and forth from there. Mm -hmm. Tell me where the idea about Wildcast as a camp online came from. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted the brand to be for so long because my background is in marketing and branding. And that was really important to me. I knew that. So my husband works at a marketing agency. I knew that one of his designers was going to do the actual designs, but I wanted to tell them what I wanted. Like I wanted to be very clear and I couldn't figure out what I wanted until this is actually, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but we were watching American horror story. And there's a season where it's like nineties or eighties summer camp. And there's just like a bunch of murder, obviously it's American horror story. And we were watching and I, and everyone was wearing like the stripes. Like it was just so like retro old school. And I was like, I love that. Like, what if it was like a nineties retro, like sitting around the fireside, telling stories with other people, like meeting people from other cabins without the murder, like let's, let's pretend no that that's, <laughs> <laughs> let's leave that part out, but let's go really retro and nineties and old school and pretend we're at summer camp and that we're going to meet new people at camp. And I thought that was just like such a perfect metaphor for what podcasting is at its core. Cause at the end of the day, it's just sitting down with someone and having a conversation. And I always loved that camp aesthetic. I think it's because I, I never really, I went to summer camp one summer, but it wasn't that typical traditional summer camp. And I always looked at that and was like, oh, that looks so fun and so cool. And all my siblings did it. And I was like, oh, they're so lucky. So that's kind of where the idea came from. It's incredible. So now that it's launched and people are joining super quickly, what's been your biggest takeaway about the success of Wildcast? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. I think I've learned a lot about myself rather than the business, which is so interesting. I didn't expect that. I thought 
it would be very much okay, this, like, I thought it would be very um, analytical from the back end. And really it's so much about me and my personality and dealing with my own personal shortcomings. I kind of feel like running this business has been like being in therapy and having to face my demons a little bit. And that's something I just never expected out of this whole thing. Now, I feel like that doesn't really tell you anything about the success of the company. I mean, I do think that a lot of people, especially right now, are seeking that community. It's something that everyone wants and it's hard to find. And there are different ways to try to find it. But I think that we do it in a different way than a lot of others out there. And I think at the end of the day, it's like if you're podcasting, it's because you want to talk to people. You want to learn about people. You want to hear their stories. And people want to meet like-minded people. And so just giving them a way to do that, Mm -hmm. I think is so powerful. And the platform right now is very much the first version of what we want. Like it's such a basic minimum viable product of what we imagine it to be one day. And so that's hard for me because I'm like, I have this vision in my head and we have all these plans of what we want to build. And it takes a really long time. It takes a lot of people and a lot of time and a lot of money. So right now we have the basics and I think we've proven that the concept has been successful. I mean, a lot of people have joined, a lot of people have met on there. And I I see people all the time who are tagging us on social media because they met through the platform. And that's like, that's all you could really want. Mm -hmm. A couple minutes ago, you mentioned shortcomings, personal shortcomings. Yeah. What would you say are some of your biggest shortcomings or limiting beliefs that you carry with you through this journey of Wildcast? I think one thing I've realized, and I don't know if it's a gender thing, I'm sure that that's part of it, is that it's really hard for me to sell myself and sell my ideas, especially to investors and to ask people to believe in me more than I believe in myself, to give me money and trust me to make them money in the long term. I think it, I don't, I don't want to say it's a gender thing because I'm sure that there are so many examples that go against it, but it's, I think as a woman, it's hard to go in front of someone and just project 110% confidence in who you are and your ideas and your ability, because that's not, I mean, most, most of the time it's, it's men doing that and men raising money. And you can look at like the difference in stats between women who are trying to raise money for their companies and men doing it. I think it comes more naturally because men are taught to project that confidence. And that's something that's been so difficult for me. And then when people do choose to invest in me, I often feel guilt. And I feel, I mean, if I'm not working my ass off, I'm like, these people gave me their money. Like I carry that with me as a weight. And I think that a lot of other people don't carry that. Yeah, I think that that's actually quite relatable. But I also believe that if you give yourself that extra grace, like this is a massive project and it's only just, just beginning. So imagine the confidence that you can speak with and speak to after you've been able to prove to yourself Mm. first what this is, right? Like, and then imagine walking into your next investment or investor meeting style thing and being like, you've got the stats to prove it. You've got the connections Mm -hmm. to prove it. You know, I think there's going to be a real shape shift there. I hope so. And I've been trying to give myself that grace. And I think my co-founder, he talks me off the ledge so much. Mm -hmm. He is so, so loving with me. I mean, we have a relationship beyond just a co-founder relationship. He's my godfather. He's my dad's best friend, but he gives me that grace that I need. And I think that's, I mean, that's helped immensely. Mm -hmm. 
What are some personal practices that you have to bring your best self into Wildcast and Podcast Nation? I think one thing I have to do is give myself room to breathe and take breaks. So many people, I think, try to push through and they're like, I'm not being productive, so I need to push harder. But sometimes if my body or my mind is telling me that I'm not ready to be productive, then I need to give myself a break to get there. Like I need to go for a walk or I need to listen to a song to like hype me up before I go into a meeting rather than just beating myself up and knowing that I need to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. So that's been really important. I try to start each day with, well, first of all, I like eat a full breakfast and I try to do like yoga or Pilates or go on a walk. I have two dogs who I just like cuddle and pet and they calm me down so much. And then I try to write a to-do list on pen and paper. I'm very serious about my pen and paper when it comes to what I have to get done that day and just planning out and looking ahead and crossing each thing off as it comes, which feels amazing. But just, I think listening to myself has been so important because if you try to work every second of every day, it's going to come back to bite you and think in the long run. Oh yeah, totally. Burnout is so real. And I think that that productivity to worth correlation, I think that people think exists is just so, oh, yeah. so devastating and so detrimental to our mental well-being. So true. It's so true. Yeah. Okay, Madison, I have my three safe haven style questions. You ready? I am. What are you most proud of? Oof. Okay. I need, I need to think about this. This okay. is like, what am I most proud of? Why is that such a hard question for me to answer? It's really hard. It's a hard question. So this morning we were actually on a podcast nation call and we were talking about the Enneagram and what number we are. And I had thought I was one number, but everyone was like, that doesn't, and it doesn't really seem like you. And I was like, okay, I need to retake it. So I actually retook it after our call this morning and I got six, which is the loyalist. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I think I've changed. Like, I think my number has genuinely changed. And I think that I've become very fiercely loyal to the people in my life that I care about. And I, part of that is probably due to the pandemic. Part of that is just probably getting older, but I'm proud of how loyal I am to those in my life who I care about. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Also the Enneagram, how fun is that? It's, I know, I think I need to like take it 10 more times because Every question, I think I, I could sit there and think for five minutes about it. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's crazy. so accurate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. You've got to check out So You Apparel. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram. It's oh. a it's a clothing company yeah, and they actually have an entire Enneagram line. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, check them out for sure. And that's anyone listening who's into that. the Enneagram, check out So You Apparel, like ASAP. Mm, okay. My next question is, what would you like to be known for? I'd like to be known for bringing something different to the table. I think I'm like a very unique person, whether that's in good ways or bad ways, but I am very true to myself. And I also, I'm talking about the Enneagram and now I'm going to say that I gave myself a word of intention for 2021. Me too. <laughs> My word of 2021 <laughs> was intention as if, what's your word? Authentic. Oh, I love this. It's so funny because I am not the type of person to do that. I think if a couple of years ago, if somebody had told me that my future self would do that, I'd be like, ew, like, who is she? I don't know her, mm -hmm. but I really wanted to be authentic to myself this year. And I think I've been really successful at that. And the authentic me is very weird and unique. 
and sometimes funny and sometimes moody. And I just like am who I am. And I, I feel like that's what people hopefully will know me for. Oh, I feel that to my core. And I love that as opposed to taking on a new pattern or habit or a resolution of some sort, you've actually carried a word in because I did the same thing. And yeah, my I love that of- you did that. Yeah, it was intention. Like I've, I've been going into everything in 2021 with so much intention behind it. Conversations, decisions, oh. meetings, Zoom calls, podcast interviews. Like, oh, I love that answer. That's a good word. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's everywhere. Okay. And my last one is if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be? I think that success doesn't exist is something that I've learned because it's kind of how people say like nobody's perfect because everyone's perfect and everyone has a different idea of perfect. So how could somebody be perfect? Like it doesn't, there's no objective perfection in the world. And for me, what I've realized is there's no objective success. And a lot of people think that they know what success means. And they think if they do something, they're successful and they're going to be happy because they're successful. And I've come to realize that none of it really matters. There is no success. There is nothing other than what you decide for yourself is success and what you decide is what you want. And, you know, to me, that kind of sounds like a sappy inspirational quote that again, my old self would have read and been like, not really taken to heart. And I think it's something you kind of have to learn rather than hear mm-hmm. is that the thing that you think might make you happy might not. And that what success means to you might change and that you can, you're allowed to decide what it means for you. Mm-hmm. So two things from that, there is a quote, it's a Maya Angelou quote, success is liking yourself, liking what you do and liking how you do it. How good is that? That's a good one. Isn't it? Yeah. And my second thought to that, just about the success stuff, was that is also another thing that I've been navigating this year, even with numbers. Like, why do numbers equal success for so many of us? So true. Look at the small successes, right? Like, look at what you're doing in small doses from the heart, heart driven things that you're doing. Man. I've loved this. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad we're doing this because I feel like there are people in my life who are a little bit younger who I talk to on a regular basis and they are still very tied up in that idea of title and numbers and looking on Instagram and all of that. And it, I'm like, I can't wait for you to realize that that does not matter. Yeah. Graduating so past the number of likes and shares and follows. And also past thinking that people who look so aspirational on Instagram are not, and they are just as insecure as you are. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people just buy into the whole idea of social media and what you're saying, the likes, the comments. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Speaking of wild, where can people find Wildcast (laughs) online? Um, You can go to our website, which is completely free. It's gowildcast.com. And we're probably most active on Instagram out of social media. So it's at go wildcast on Instagram, or people are always free to email me directly. It's just Madison at go wildcast.com. Okay. Amazing. I loved this conversation so, so much. Thank you. Me too. I feel like I I'm getting out of therapy right now. (laughs) So incredible. I know this is why I keep chasing this podcasting stuff. Thank you so, so much for this. Thank you. Madison, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing on the safe haven. 
I appreciate you, your time, your vision, your drive, your ambition, everything to the core. I love watching what you're doing online and I cannot wait to see where Wildcast goes. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform and I am committed to creating a safe, brave, and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way to send cold emails, make cold phone calls, I hope it did inspire you to do so because we're worth it. (laughs) Please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends and share it in your Instagram stories. Please be sure to tag us at the Safe Haven Podcast so we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow. For more great podcasts, check out FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.